0: Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host Steve Malk and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as big fan of the Fs, family, food, fitness, frocks, frippery, and funny. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition of the Humans of Twitter list, Celia Hirsch,
1: hello, Steve. How are you?,
0: oh, I'm very well, thank you, Celia. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself?
1: Um I say hi, I'm Celia. um pretty much sums it up, yeah
0: <laughs> and inevitably, particularly around Australian sort of parties and vernaculars, there comes the so what do you do with yourself?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one. um and I generally say, well, I cook and I swim. And I hang out with my kids and my husband, and um, I do some work with a not-for-profit.
0: It sounds like a very contented life.
1: It really is, Steve. I'm, I'm one of the very lucky ones. We're uh, surrounded by people all around us at the moment, particularly who aren't very lucky. So we mm-hmm. really we pinch ourselves.
0: How did you find yourself to be in this place? How did you find that you're working for a not-for-profit?
1: Well, I um, it's a. Would you want to go right back?
0: <laughs> as far as you would like.
1: Okay. Um. My first working incarnation was as a journalist. I did journalism mm-hmm. at RMIT, and right. um, and then I worked in in radio, and yes. in in little radio newsrooms doing terrible hours and drinking lots of coffee and smoking lots of cigarettes, mm. and then um, I got a job at. Vic TV in Shepparton, which is a, a great, well, it was uh, a great little country TV station. And it was at the time of aggregation when all yep. of the networks were putting up lots and lots of offices in regional areas. And it was a great optimistic time of, of television mm. and people were really enjoying their jobs and getting a bit of space. And it was a great, it was a great environment to learn the craft because, you know, you could you could pretty much stuff up. And no one would care terribly much. <laughs> yes. um, and you know, it, it was it was a really fabulous time. And I was there for about eighteen months, and then um, I spent the next six years working at uh, the Nine Network, and mm-hmm. I was a reporter and um, sometimes reading updates and things. And um, and that was that was interesting and um, mainly enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to the stage where I met my partner and thought, hmm, do I want to be working every weekend here or do I want to be doing fun stuff with him? And the fun stuff won out. So (laughs) I took a leap and uh, Mm. didn't know where I was going and still, you know, don't really know, but I'm having a good time finding out. I did a bit of PR, a bit of crisis management, media training, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. and I then went and here's, it gets a bit weird. We spent six months traveling around. um, Michael took a sabbatical. And um, so we spent time just traveling and living and having a great time and got back and we discovered Pilates while we were away. And that was about 15 years ago. Yeah. Wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now. And I thought, oh no, that's what I want to be. I want to be a Pilates instructor. So I, went back to uni to do anatomy because i needed yes. um anatomy and discovered i really loved it and i had this fantastic lecturer at, out at Deakin uni and he was very encouraging so i thought i'm not going to be a police instructor i'm going to do exercise and sports science so wow. i did an exercise and sports science degree and in between i had my two beautiful kids who are now six mm-hmm. and ten and and then I got to the end of that and I thought, well, that's great. And I've learned a lot and I majored in sports nutrition, which was fantastic. But I, I still didn't have a calling, if you like. And I've enjoyed mm. having that knowledge and being able to share it in a just a general way with my family and my friends. And so I then, when I was working in PR, I met a woman called Jane Tewson who ran, um, who started up. Comic Relief in the UK. Oh, yes. And she was so inspiring. I came home and I said to Michael, Michael, incidentally, who I keep referring to, is a, a partner in Working Dog, um, mm. a minus production company you may have heard of. And um, he, I said to him, you know, you've got to have something to do with her someday. And that, at the time they were doing a show called The Panel. And I don't know if you remember, but they had on Christmas night, they did a show for a few years on Christmas night And all of the profits from that show went to charity and they had all this money and they weren't sure what to do with it. So they rang Jane and said, help us distribute it. And at that time she was then running an organisation in Melbourne called Pilot Light, which Mm -hmm. has now changed to Igniting Change. And what she does is is find organisations and people doing amazing things and she has a group of people that she... um, also takes to meet these people who are doing these amazing things and they help each other and it's an amazing organization so it's not strictly speaking it's not a charity but it's it's kind of extraordinary lives being combined and I've met some amazingly inspirational people and I've really had an insight into the sorts of issues that are really um, at the forefront of our society at the moment really challenging things that are happening in in the world and very close to us so it's been it's been great and what I do for them is is social media and um make them laugh and hang around and and just go and visit people and and learn learn about stuff and and hopefully um inspire others to to think about their fellow person
0: that sounds really amazing, Celia.
1: That was such a long answer to that first question. <laughs> Everyone's fallen asleep. Oh my god. No,
0: so but so goes. great. Wow.
1: Oh. But yeah, so in a nutshell, that's kind of that's where it is and it's um it's a it's one of those things that it's doing it's a it's a very satisfying and and interesting area to be involved in. Mm. But um but I also feel like once my kids have Flown the coop, like there's going to be another amazing, a whole another amazing career and life ahead of me. So, I'm quite optimistic about what lies ahead in terms of challenges and ideas. And there's lots of things that I want to do. And I don't feel kind of old or or restrained, which is good because I am
0: rubbish. <laughs> what What are the things about that that job, the what stuff you do with igniting change that that test you?
1: I think what it's been really good for is is I'm a typically, and and Michael will tell you this, and our friends will tell you I am I'm i a, I'm a known as the hanging judge, right? <laughs> I I I'm judgy <laughs> and shockingly, but um and it's easy to slip into that in an everyday sense as well. I mean, I, I'll do it like I'll be watching TV and I say, no, 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 she's bad, he's good, whatever, and I and I have yeah. a very definite opinion on things. But I think what working with Igniting Change has done for me is to stop me from um being judgmental. And in fact, their sort of their tag, if you will, is um see the person and um not the label. So yep. it's been very important for me to to learn that and I really work hard teaching my kids that now because that you know, they'll walk past someone who's homeless and they'll say, Oh, mummy, you know, he looks scary and I talk to them about, well, you know, this is probably, this is the, these are the sorts of things that have happened to that person and this is why he's where he is and, you know, and, and it's, it's really been important for increasing my level of empathy and compassion. So um, it's been so valuable for that.
0: What do you do really well?
1: I swim pretty well and <laughs>
0: yes.
1: I cook well. I shout really well. <laughs> Unfortunately, <my parents laughs> <I'm a> world class <laughs> shouter. Um, I read a lot, mm-hmm. and I, I read well. I um, I've got a, and I, I don't know whether you can hear this, Steve, but my broadcast voice uh, is pretty good. I think. But that's it's sounding doing really it right up now. now. but that's yeah. Those are my. Those are probably my, my big points.
0: Can you please explain to me what is with the broadcast voice versus people's talking voice why can't journalists uh, and reporters i understand steve news readers... mocks.
1: it drives me insane yeah oh, ah i mean i you know and i've worked with a ton of people who have a broadcast voice mm. and it's very different from how they speak in person steve you know the ones that i'm talking about oh and it it's just, me. it's like, seriously, dude, we know what you sound like and they ain't it. And I don't know how they managed to keep up the pretense for a whole news bulletin. And it's uh,
0: There's an element of sing-song about it too, isn't there? They sort of have a specific tonality and you can I'm know. not sure what
1: you're talking about, Steve, but if you're talking about this kind of thing, then <laughs> I agree.
0: And then I'll ask you a question, but follow it up with a statement.
1: And I'll look at you with my head slightly to the side. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Up. I want to shake them.
1: I know. I know. Me too. And I, and I, and particularly, um, I think that a lot of it happens, and I don't want to alienate anyone, but there's a lot of it about in Sydney. And <laughs> I think, yes. and, and I, when I was at nine, uh, you know, a thousand years ago, there mm. was a particular way that all of the, all the blokes in the sport department stalked in the same way and you always knew that they were from Sydney. You know, it's that sort of, it's really, really, ugh. Anyway, I, I have, I'm pretty sure that I don't have a particular, I think I pretty much kept my own voice most of the time. I'm maybe a little Who bit teaches more them
0: that? Why do they think they need that?
1: Yeah, I don't know and I, I don't know whether they've been to voice coaches and voice coaches have told them to do that but um I never had any voice coaching and I worked with, you know, some of the greatest voices in broadcasting like Brian Naylor, Peter Kitchener. Mm. which um, is and, so great. Oh, and you know what, those guys, that it was exactly the way that they speak and, yes. um, you know, Nails, Nails, that was exactly the mm. way he spoke and, and he was... He was just so good. I just loved watching him.
0: It's it's It kills me every time because I, I, I get to speak to a lot of journalists off camera mm. uh, and, and behind the scenes and obviously very conversational. They love a good yarn, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then some of them, you put a mic in front of them yeah. and uh, turn the camera on Yeah. and they, you know, shoulders back, which is great. You've got to have good posture to do a stand-up. But yeah. then the voice that comes out is – Anything but natural and relaxed, and I've always thought that maybe that's you know an an authority kind yep. of thing. You know, yep. if I say it like this, then you'll trust me because I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Mm. But it also then makes the people who are more casual and relaxed in the in their presentation not relaxed informal, but relaxed in you can tell they're a human being. Yeah, stand out by my I know,
1: and you know, I just that you know who just came to mind then. Angela Bishop, she's always yep. been totally Angela Bishop and she's so good. Yes. You know, you watch her and you go, yep, that's exactly, you know, she's not putting any of this on. This is, she's there, she's in the moment and she's really good. And that's why, you know, that's why she's still around because she's so good. Mm. She's so Yeah, true. and you
0: see that consistency for someone like Ange because she's not just you know, 10's entertainment reporter, which she does a great job of. But, yeah, she will she pops up on Dirty Laundry Live on the ABC. She'll pop up yep. on other things, Studio 10. Yep. And uh, it, it's just, you know, you're talking to Angela Bishop because it's oh, the same and, lady.
1: Yeah, and she could do anything. Like, she's the real deal, you know. She's come up through the ranks. She's not someone who's just arrived because she's a model, you know, or because she dates a, a famous footballer. She is, you know, she's worked really hard and she's – think about what she's had to put up with um, recently and mm. moreover, you know, having a mother who's so high profile mm. and she's, she's so classy and she's so professional. I just, I really admire her.
0: Yeah. Understandably too.
1: Mm. Mm. And Jessica Rowe, I have to say too, is, um, mm. you know, I've just loved watching how she's transformed over the years. Cause she and I used to sit next to each other at nine and you know, be mm. <laughs> sitting up the back of the newsroom, just going, "Oh, mm. when are we going to get a story?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, and we really forged a strong friendship over that time. And and now, you know, I see her on Studio Ten, and she's just so amazing. And she's she's found a voice. She's yes. earned her stripes, and she's so um, true to herself. And I think you know, there are lots of lots of chicks in the media who um, present an image and. I don't think it's real, but she's real, mm. and um, and I think you know we need to celebrate that realness, particularly in in girls on camera, because yeah. Lord knows there's been so much sort of discrimination and um, and just bad judgment on on behalf of the networks mm. when it comes to girls. So um, women, I should say, um, yeah. So it's encouraging to see people like that really doing well and and inspiring others.
0: And I'll round out this fangirl session by adding in um, Yvonne Sampson, who I think is doing a cracking job uh, for reporting, doing Sport for Nine. Oh, um, yes, yes, yes. Both as a journalist and presenter. she's She's yeah. got that down. She knows there's no special voice she needs to have. She'll no. just call it how it is oh. and same, same.
1: I know. And about time. You know, uh, one thing that always worries me with, with females um, in the sporting field is is that they also think that they tend to have to be like that too, you know, and they've got to be quite kind mm. of blokey. And it's it's nice when, and there's, you know, women, there's no sort of, there's no lack of women with stacks of sporting knowledge, you know. It's not yeah. something that's inherent in men that, you know, oh, just because I'm a bloke, I'm going to know about games with balls. It's um, just because they've got balls, Oops. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I I think great. Great. And I want to see, I'd love to see more of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Celia, what happened the last time your heart was broken?
1: Oh, Stephen Maltz, that's weird. Um, and it's such a long, long time ago. Heartbroken. I'm just trying to think, you know, there's a couple of rat things back there, but I don't think they actually broke my heart. <laughs> I mm. think it was actually probably a really good thing that they racked off. Ah, um, oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. I, look, it's a you know I probably have to go like years and years and years back, but you know it's it's something small, but it's like when mm-hmm. I was really young and I really liked this boy, and and he uh, just wasn't interested in me, and it, it's funny and it's a, such a stupid thing, and it doesn't sound. Um, growing up at all, but I, I remember that was probably the first time and probably the last real time that my heart broke because I just didn't, um, I guess I didn't invest as heavily in anyone again until my beautiful Michael. Mm. So sorry, that's a boring answer.
0: No, it's not. Yeah. Do you find that you are guarded about how you? give your love out or share your love
1: yeah yeah i mean i am i'm i guess it's probably you need to kind of define love a bit here i'm a mm. once once somebody has won my trust and and it can happen quite quickly i've met some really fantastic women over the in recent years who i yes. would do anything for you know i just absolutely love them um so in that sense i guess once i once i connect at a certain level, I can love straight away, um, yes. and but in terms of romantic love, I think I um, I really need to be sure. I'm a Cancerian, and we're quite, as you know, um, we've got quite a hard shell and snappy claws. So <laughs> <laughs> I really need to know that that person's going to do the right thing and and be true to me. So before I commit. So I, I really, um, I guess in, in romantic terms, I'm mm. a bit more hesitant.
0: What's your favourite takeaway food choice?
1: We are really weird. We never, ever have takeaway food in the traditional sense of takeaway food. Because I like to cook so much, um, mm. we will, you know, we like eating at home. But if we're going to eat when I'm not cooking, we'll always pretty much go to a restaurant in fact I can't remember the last time Michael and I had takeout wow yeah yeah I know I know we just really love eating in and we really love eating out but the the bit in between
0: nah not even a sneaky cheeseburger on the way home after a big night
1: nah no never in fact I can't even tell you the last time I went near the place that starts with an M and it would have been more than 20 years ago. My kids have never tasted it. I'm just, I'm, you know, it goes back to that sort of nutrition back to those nutrition studies um, that I did when I was at uni. I just um, I'm very interested in, in making sure that we eat properly and um, it's one of my missions. And I, you know, I of course will always allow, you know, a bit of rubbish, but uh, mm. yeah, I, I I really feel strongly about that that stuff. Mm.
0: W- what's a bit of rubbish if macas is off the menu?
1: oh well, you know, just it, processed food, cakes and biscuits, and I mean, I uh, you know, I like making that stuff, so I'd rather mm. they have stuff that I made. But you know, it packs of bikkies and um, chips and corn chips and things like that. You know, that's I, I'm okay with that as an occasional thing, but for sure. some reason, I'm really the, the McDonald's thing. Just yeah, I can't, I can't cope with it because, and I think it goes back to that film where you saw a Big Mac after three years and it still looked the same.
0: <laughs> yes. That that
1: really just went. Mm, there's some really bad shit in there, and mm. I don't want to be eating it. But I, you know, when I worked in TV, yeah, I would have it quite a bit. But that's a long time ago. That's like when they had real film and stuff. That was when the nightly news used to rate a 30, Steve.
0: Wow. And that now we are starting to talk about carved into stone tablets.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was a, you know it was an amazing, when I think about it now and I look at the news now and I look at how it used to be then, it was, I was on the tail end of this sort of legendary time of, you know, the nine newsroom where the, the reporters who were... You know, Tracy Grimshaw was there when I started. Um, mm. Hugh Remington was there when I started. Um, you know, John Sorrell, the, the famous news director, was yes. the news director and Brian Naylor was the newsreader. And it was an extraordinary time um, and it's so different now. And, I, you know, and I went to Nine a, a while ago for um, Pete Smith had a function. It was like his 150th year at Channel Nine, and and <laughs> it was just it was so weird to not be going to Bendigo Street, which was the you know the famous headquarters yes. of Channel Nine in, in Richmond in Melbourne, and to be going to this place in Docklands, and it all seemed so strange and um, new, and it really it just didn't feel like like home anymore. It's funny.
0: It's it's proving to be. Um, that kind of change is happening for a lot of people that, yeah. that work in television now. I mean, we, earlier, you know, not that long ago, uh, Nine Adelaide shut down mm. and have moved into studios in, in Hindmarsh Place, Yeah, which is a significant change because they did have some big studio spaces there Yeah, and now it's just a little newsroom studio. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I know. And it makes me really sad and it makes me sad also thinking about um, – the training that I had in country TV and, and yes. the opportunities that won't be there for people who want to do that now. And I, and I think the people who will end up suffering are, are us at home watching because yep. there's not going to be that, that depth of knowledge or the, the, um, just the training that goes into it. I, I, I don't think that everybody can be a news reporter and I don't say that I yes. was a particularly good one, but at least I had a bit of an idea and I just think it's 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 hard now for kids to get that hands-on experience before they, you know, before they hit the big time. And they're not going to get to the big time unless they're kind of, you know, really good looking and prepared to not work for very much.
0: Mm. Yes. Mm. And do an awful lot more than uh, journalists of the past used to be expected to oh, do.
1: Oh, I know. The expectations are huge. You know, you you, you you're filing for... A couple of different bulletins. I mean, if you're at the ABC now, it's like you're doing radio, three or four different radio things, um, news and current affairs radio, then you um, slip in front of the camera and you do your bit for the seven o'clock news and then you go to, you know, it's just, it's so full on. I mean, it makes me stressed just thinking about it.
0: Yeah, you and your camo are editing in the laptop out in the field so you can get it back.
1: No, I'd go into the into the edit suite and have a chat, kick back, have a coffee with the editor, have a few laughs. I mean it was it was you know, and I used to think it was quite stressful, but <laughs> clearly nothing compared to how it is now.
0: The frontline days of journalism are long gone. In part.
1: In part. I mean, you know, wow. The stories that I still hear and people still <laughs> come up to Michael and say, Oh, you know, when's frontline coming back? I've got some great stories and it's it's incredible how um, prescient they were, uh, oh. and also now with with Utopia, my God, just
0: <laughs> it honestly kills me, Celia, just oh. how accurate both of those are, oh.
1: and I and I, I
0: say that still today, like present tense, incredible, yeah.
1: and the Hollow Men, yes, I mean I don't know what I don't know how they do it, but those guys have got this innate ability to tap into whatever environment that they're looking at and just be able to dissect it and Mm. pull out the funnies and the odd and the curious and the amazing and just somehow weave it into something extraordinary. And, you know, so very proud of the work that they do.
0: Yeah, it's spectacular. Where do you find your peace?
1: I meditate. One or two times a day, and I love it. Um, and I have to say too that, um, being in the pool is it's like I feel alive and yeah, peaceful when I'm in the pool. Mm-hmm. So if I go for more than a couple of days without swimming, watch out because I'm not that nice. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: and I also, you know, I really like it. Um, on the odd occasion when I'll come home in the middle of the day and the house is empty and there's sun coming in the windows and it's all quiet. And I I just feel like jumping up and down saying, it's just me. It's just me. I love it. (laughs) I wouldn't want it all the time, but I love a little, little taste of it every now and again. It's really nice.
0: And how do you find that time given you're a very busy lady plus kids plus partner?
1: Mm. Um, Oh, I, I'm pretty good at um at making time for the things that are important. So I yeah. I exercise every day and it's not a and and Michael's the same. You know, we we understand that for each other it's not just a it's not a luxury, it's not a something that is is um is selfish. It's just about being the best versions of ourselves that we can be, and we do that for each other and for our kids. Yeah. So you know, I support him one hundred percent when he wants to leave early and and do exercise, and he's absolutely the same for me. And it's it's such a lovely it's such a lovely way to be that we're both in tune with that, and the mm-hmm. kids the kids pick it up too. And so, um, yeah, so that's that's really the time that I have is generally exercising. I don't spend time on the couch. I don't really watch very much TV. Nice. I probably my vice is um twitter and instagram and mm. you know and being <laughs> on my phone but because yep. my phone is like anyone else's sort of computer i i feel justified in being on it a bit because yep. it's my portable office so yes you know and i can i can kind of excuse myself being on social media because i've i've got to do it for my for my work and it's also you know twitter has kept me in touch with so much, and it has provided so much um, joy and inspiration. And I know people who don't understand Twitter think that it's some kind of frivolous um, like Facebook and telling people what your status is. People yes. you know people just don't get Twitter at all if they don't know. But for me, it's been a source of news, a source of entertainment. A source of people like you, you know, like we became buddies through Twitter, and I've got other people that I've never met, never seen, and mm. we're Twitter friends, and I think that's amazing.
0: It, it certainly is. I, I certainly value our our relationship in that regard, Celia. Mm. Thank you for for saying so.
1: No, no, it's great. I mean, and it's people that I wouldn't, you know, it's not like I'm a, you know, wouldn't cross the street whatever, to but, kick,
0: huh? People you wouldn't cross the street to kick.
1: Well, you just wouldn't even know. But I I always go, oh, this person is on exactly the same wavelength as me. And and I don't know them from a bar of soap, but I'll always say exactly or or agree with them or Mm. whatever. I just love it.
0: What Christmas tradition or traditions do you have that are held dear, that have to happen every year?
1: Mm. Well, that's an interesting one. Because um, my husband's Jewish and mm. so we don't... With a name
0: like Hirsch, really?
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. It's crazy, huh? Um... Sorry,
0: that's really... That's really no, 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 apologies. no, no, no.
1: I know. Who knew?
0: Um... <laughs> Oy vey.
1: Oy vey. What am I? Chopped liver. Um, <laughs> he. So he doesn't... It's not that he doesn't get involved with, you mm. know, I, I buy kids presents and we have Christmas morning, um, but we don't have a tree and we don't yes. um we always celebrate christmas with my family and also his family will come and join us and and we will quite often we'll generally have it here and yep. it's it's really nice so i associate i guess the tradition is that a lot of um i love you know as i've previously mentioned i love cooking so yeah. i spend a lot of time preparing food and um awesome. and that's i get great joy from Feeding my family and my extended family mm. and friends, so that from that point of view, I really enjoy the whole that part of Christmas. But it's not necessarily the um, the baby Jesus part that gets focused on, I guess. Which sure. sounds, you know, um, it sounds contraindicated, but it's mm, that's sort of how it works.
0: <laughs> well Christmas is different to everybody. You know, yeah. everybody's experience, how they have it, how they celebrate it whether it's celebrated or not but that mm. that that moment is something that is still precious because inevitably given the the overriding push you know that we get in every facet of our lives otherwise um there's some kind of family or food or presence or something connected to it
1: yeah and, and, and it's a coming together and that's the yeah. uh, that's the important thing and last night we had um we had 12 family members here last night because it was the breaking the fast at the end of Yom Kippur, which is the yes. day of atonement in, the, in Judaism. And so, and that was another coming together. And we had another coming together the week before for Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. So, I mean, we're really lucky that we get um, in our blended family, we get to celebrate heaps of things and most <laughs> of them involve really delicious food.
0: Extra holidays, extra things to do, yeah. extra food.
1: Yeah, exactly. All big
0: ticks. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months?
1: Um, I'd like to achieve, um, hmm, well, I'd like to do some more writing. Yes. I really love writing. I don't have the discipline to devote enough time. I haven't got necessarily the right subject, but I need to, I need to knuckle down and get some writing done. I think, um, what else I will, I will endeavor to shout less. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> and, said um, with such conviction i'll endeavor to
1: oh no no it's i would like to um and i i guess you know i'm always trying to push myself in the swimming pool so i'd like to mm. i'd like to achieve some some really good personal bests in the pool as well that sounds so flaky but there, yeah there it is
0: what's your personal best at the moment pool wise
1: Oh, I haven't done um, I haven't had the stopwatch out, but I you know, I'm not no, it's going to sounding so pathetic, but I probably do fifty meters in around uh forty forty two seconds. Nice. I like that. Yeah. I mean the really good people do it in twenty something, but you know Still I'm... probably
0: better than I can walk it.
1: <laughs> I doubt that, Moxie. No, no, no. Um but yeah, it's good. I've got a I've got a fabulous um I, I swim in a squad with a group of very different girls from all different types mm-hmm. of um, backgrounds, and we've all become really good friends. And um, we have our leader is is the most beautiful six foot something Lithuanian, um, and she's fabulous. And she's um, she's very strict, but she's also got a, a very soft heart. And we have the best time, you know. She Great. she works us very hard,
0: but yes. we also
1: we have a nice chat and coffee afterwards and it's we've all become involved in each other's lives in little ways and it's 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 become more than just about the exercise and I think we're all swimming for different reasons Mm. and the more I get to know the women the more I understand why they swim and it's it's good it's therapy
0: It makes those connections even more precious, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, it does. I just, I love it. And, um, you know, we're on holidays, school holidays at the moment and our our swimming coach has gone away. But this morning I caught up with one of the women. We just had a bit of a swim and a bit of a chat in the pool together this morning. And it was really, um, it's really nice and it's really nourishing.
0: Well, thank you, Celia. Thank you for the things that you've shared with us today. I really do appreciate what you have said. Please know that you are highly valued and the things Uh, That you've offered are are very precious. Thank you.
1: Oh, thanks, Steve. Look, I feel like I've just rambled at you for 34 minutes and 58 seconds.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Far from it. It, It's been a delightful chat. I really appreciated it.
1: Oh, well, thank you. And um, I hope everyone's awake now. Wake up.
0: (laughs) Get that trademark shout on.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Celia, very clearly you are on Twitter. Are there any other social accounts you want to admit to?
1: Oh yes, I'm very um I'm very into Instagram, Mm -hmm. and um yeah, nothing else. I don't like um bookface and uh, what's the other one? Pinterest. Oh God, no, I can't do anything else. I would go, you know what? I'd go down a rabbit's (laughs) tunnel and I'd never come back up again.
0: This has been humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at seals.